Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Tuesday National College Sports Podcast hosted by yours truly, Nicole Auerbach. I am very thrilled to be joined by my friend and former, maybe future college basketball coach, Tim Miles, to talk all things March Madness. Now that we have a bracket for the first time in two years, I am extremely excited about this. Hello and welcome to Power Hour. Nicole, thank you. I'm equally thrilled. This is awesome for me, especially being on the power hour. My daughter turns 21 in a month, and so we Ooh. need to have a little discussion. And this just jogged my memory. So as you were introducing me, the only thing I was thinking about was the big sit down with my 20 year old daughter in 11 months to say, now, listen, here's the deal. A power hour. I'm Don't sh- do it. I'm sure she's never tried a sip of alcohol in her life. So this angel. will be she's yes. an angel. It'll be a very interesting conversation for you. Um, yes, power hours in general, bad idea, but. Not here. Not, not here. Not here. Basketball. And sometimes when you have like 90s music or something, they're very fun. Despite oh, yeah, 90s idea. music, maybe a lap dog called Red. I mean, uh, you got things like that. You're yeah. golden. He's, he's sitting, he's watching, he's paying attention because he's got to make some. <laughs> Some March Madness picks. Um, So we are going to break down the bracket. We're going to go region by region. We're going to give you some potential Cinderella's. um, And and we're going to talk about the bubble. Actually, let's start there because I think, you know, that's that's usually the big story coming out of Selection Sunday is who got snubbed. uh, How did the committee view different things? My first thought was, thank God somebody finally went to bat for the mid-majors every normal year. And I didn't think it was going to happen this year because you didn't have a lot of those early conference games. I was worried about it. But then you get Drake in, get Utah State in. Um, Your former place, Colorado State, did not get in. We'll get to that in a second. But um, usually we get just kind of middling Power 5 teams. We actually got some mid-majors that got respect by the committee I was pumped about that. I feel like most years they say, oh, you know, you only had one quad one opportunity, this or that. 
and they don't get the benefit of the doubt. I feel like we finally got the benefit of the doubt this time. Yeah, the mid-majors might quit playing preseason games entirely after this season <laughs> because I think it really helped them to not have all of those opportunities. Uh, some teams made the most of theirs. You look at a mid-major like Loyola Chicago, they got a good seed, uh, I think a, a good uh, draw, you know, a thing where they could win two games. Uh, and uh, certainly that's odd to say to a team that just made the Final Four a few years ago that might even be better than that. But at the same time, you cannot get a great draw. So – I, I think that that they were treated well. I do feel bad for those teams that didn't make it. Uh, you know, St. Louis had a long pause, probably didn't get the opportunity even within their own league to play some games uh, that they didn't get to. Uh, Colorado State, you know, had just that heartbreaking last second loss on a rescheduled game late against Reno where Nevada sat there for a week, five days, while, while CSU played a whole bunch of games coming off pause and then got beat on elastic, which hurt their causes, you know, more than it would have helped them. So that was too bad. But um, at the same time, it's just been a weird year, and I'm thankful we've got a bracket to talk about. And it's good to see teams like Drake, Loyola, Utah State with a very healthy seed, very healthy seed uh, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, they got – into the main draw and Michigan state and UCLA is, is a first four game. I mean, come on. How about that? Tom Izzo. Like, uh, I, you know, I, I think it would have been even more interesting to have uh, Duke and Michigan state in that first four game to see how that checked out. But, but I, I think that will be a whale of a game. Of course, I call it the fighting Michael Lewis's versus the fighting Dane Fife's two of my good <laughs> friends and colleagues who are assistant coaches at those prospective universities, but that should, I tell you, you talk about, did you see Mitch uh, Barnard's face when he talked about that's the way to kick off the uh, first four? Like he lit up. It was like, he showed his hand. Yeah. Like we couldn't pass this up. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you know, it, it also we're talking about the selection committee chairman, Mitch Barnhart, his day job is the Kentucky athletic director, Louisville first team out of the field. He shows up on TV with a blue tie, you know, and, and gets asked about this. This is my favorite conspiracy theory, like in, in, in a long time. I just love the idea that it was the chairman and the person who gets to explain this is the Kentucky AD and gets to talk about Louisville not making the cut. And Rick Pitino's in the field. Like there's just like three different dynamics there that make it incredibly interesting. Um, although I guess, you know, it's still possible they could get tapped in, but at this point, hopefully no replacement teams are necessary. Well, they weren't originally selected. So they, that's they, what matters most. Exactly. Exactly. So that was a big storyline. I think that was a surprise to a lot of people. Um, I was certainly surprised, you know, Syracuse getting in ahead of, you know, the Michigan States, UCLA's of the world. I, I do think again, conspiracy theory, what the funniest possible outcome would have been Georgetown stealing their bid just to bring back some bad blood. We came really close to that happening. We also came really close to Michigan playing App State in basketball. That was also kind of on the table. How funny and is that? There were a few things that we almost got, but we didn't. So there's there's definitely some fun storylines um, looking at this this bracket. And let's start with how it was it was it was constructed this year because in normal years, you're going to different parts of the country, and that is taken into consideration. So you are trying to put you know, the number one overall at sites that are closer to them. You're trying to maybe give them some home court advantage, whatever it is, but just cutting down on travel. This year, everyone's in the state of Indiana. 
So it's actually an S-curve. Like, actually, the best team gets the easiest path to the championship game, which I think is very obvious here when you look it's at the bracket. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's start with Gonzaga's so you're saying the South region being 45 minutes uh, south of Lucas uh, Oil Stadium is... Uh, is is not exactly not south. exactly south region. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the Midwest of the, the portion of Indiana, um, uh, but let let's start with Gonzaga's region, which I guess they are still naming the West. Um, again, I think this is what the top number one overall seed should have. I think that they should be protected. I think they should have the easiest path. Um, but this is. Even in normal years or even in comparison to other fields, like this is just remarkable because they've already beaten the best teams in their region. Yes. What was your first reaction when you saw this part of the bracket? I, I thought the same thing you did. I, you know, I'm an admirer of Fran McCaffrey in Iowa, uh, but, you know, they lost by 11 points. And I don't know that it was ever, you know, closer than six or seven or eight points, you know, the last 15 minutes of that game. Gonzaga you know, ran out and that was in South Dakota at uh, Sanford uh, at the Sanford uh, Pentagon. And uh, so then I looked at the three seed, Kansas. Well, is McCormick going to play? Is Jalen going to play? You know, now you look at that's not a three seed team in its current state. You know, then you look at the four seed and uh, that's Virginia. Well, Virginia, when they make threes is pretty good. Well, they haven't made threes consistently. Uh, you know, they won't, so I think they're vulnerable. So I, I, so when you just start there at the top four seeds and you're like, Oh boy, I'm not sure about this. Uh, I think it, it bodes well for the Zags. And Virginia's maybe going to have like a day of practice the way that this is yeah. going to shake out coming out of quarantine, which cost them the ACC tournament. Um, so you, you've got a lot of different pieces there. I, I even think if you look at like the eight, nine games across the rest of the country, they got eight, nine teams that are lost a lot recently um, and aren't exactly coming into the tournament on a hot streak. So it's definitely setting up between those two teams. In the eight, yeah. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's not exactly a murder's row. We're going to get to some of the regions that are a lot more challenging, um, but I'm totally fine with this. I think if you earn the number one overall seed, you deserve it. Um, this was also a year where Gonzaga, always plays the week before everybody else because of the conference tournament. That was actually a huge, huge advantage this year um, in case there were any COVID issues. I would be shocked if, if we don't get Gonzaga coming out of this region. Who do you think is most likely to face them in the Elite Eight? And that's a very good question, the bottom part of that bracket, because, you know, I can see Santa Barbara maybe upsetting a Creighton, something like that. Uh, you know, when you look at those things, the Wichita-Drake game in Southern Cal, but – I really think Oregon is probably the team that has a whole bunch of pieces of the puzzle, has not had a chance to put it together, that, you know, they've been in isolation. So this could actually be a good trip for them going to Vegas, even though they got knocked out, uh, and then going to Indianapolis and, and really maybe make it more of a bonding thing. Because even though you're at home and you're in isolation, that's been that's been a real struggle for Oregon. I'm picking Oregon to come out of that and be on the bottom part of the West bracket. I am totally up in the air on Oregon, Iowa, and USC. Um, USC's got some flaws, but like they've got Evan Mobley, who's great. Um, wow. Would 
highly would be highly entertaining to see him and Luca Garza in the same game if they can both get there. Or it's Oregon, right? I mean, so the bottom half of this region is kind of a crapshoot in my mind. Yeah. Yes. If we go, if we go to the Mobley Garza matchup, um, there might be a, 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 a college basketball record for shot fakes. Uh, <laughs> in that game. I mean, can you imagine shot fake step through shot fake reverse pivot hook? Yeah, there's 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 probably going to be a travel or two in there if you're going to yeah. be trying it so often. Um, so that would actually be really fun if we get to that point. Um, but before we leave this region, is this Mark Few's best team? I know we ask this every year, yes. but it this feels is, like it. Yeah, I mean, just athleticism, length. I mean, high speed on offense, which, you know, is not uncommon for them. But defensive and physicality, you know, the team that they took to the championship game how many years ago, I thought was uh, a great team. But this team's better. This team's just better. Uh, and and when you look at them and, and you know, Jaylen, I don't know that people understand Jalen Suggs would be a first round pick in two sports. You know, he really would be. I mean, he is a special, special guy, by the way. You're talking to a guy, not necessarily looking at a guy, but you're talking to a guy who uh, coached against his dad. Larry oh, Suggs wow. Wow. was a player at Valley City State University. And I told Jalen how bad we whipped his dad's butt. I mean, we we got him good, but he got me back too. But yeah, Larry was a player at Valley City State for a good close fr- friend of mine, Al Olson. Uh, he was a Minneapolis kid that came out to the uh, Prairie in the Dakotas and played NAI basketball and did a good job. And and Jalen said, my dad said he used to get buckets. like, And he could score. Larry could get buckets. So there's some DNA there. Well, and and I, I love when you talk about your NAIA roots because, like, that just feels like the purest form of basketball sometimes. Oh. Like, well, Really, guys are coming to school probably, you know, they're taking loans. They're coming on a 1000 bucks. They're using their Pell Grant for their education, not for spending money. And uh, I think that's the way it's designed uh, by the federal government. And um, uh, and so when you look at those things, I think that that it is kind of its purest form and, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, and and it's and it's funny how, like, you know, I'm out of work and connected to maybe one of our historically best athletes in today's age, you know, and 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 really like, you know, I see Larry and I remember him playing. And so you can strike up a conversation that matters. And that's that's always fun. And you're the, you're the same with the way you write and the people you meet. But I think that meeting young people when they're college age is so cool because you get a chance to see some innocence as they coming in, then them flourishing a little bit, gaining confidence and becoming something else, and then how they handle it the next stage. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, it was one of the things that, you know, when I was 
doing a lot more hoops for USA Today, you'd you'd see a lot of these players, and you know this is certainly true in the one and done era where you, you see guys for seven months and then they go on. So sometimes I will just tune in to an NBA playoff game a couple years later, and I'll be shocked at how different some of these guys look because they were only seventeen or eighteen. Yeah. You know that one year that I covered them closely. Yeah. Um, and, and then they grow up and, and it's, it's wild, especially some of the players who've really flourished in the, in the pros and maybe were misused a little bit in college. And you're like, oh, wow, I had no idea that this was possible. Um, but, but Jalen Suggs is really special for those who maybe have not stayed up late to watch him all the time. You probably got a glimpse of that at the end of the West Coast Conference uh, title game where he just totally took it over. Um, Timmy's great. That team is just incredibly fun to watch. Um, and I think, you know, obviously they're super efficient. And, um, you know, you can look at Ken Palm and, and where they rank a bunch of all, all these things. But there is a reason that a lot of people are going a little chalky with their brackets and they're putting Gonzaga either as a national champion, for sure in the championship game. Um, this is the real deal. So let's look at the number two overall Seed, so number one is in the south, south of Indiana. Um, Baylor, so this is so this is the team that everyone had talked about in the same breath as Gonzaga all season long, basically until they had a late season pause. And what was really hard about their pause, which I think is a term invented in basketball, I don't think we use this term in the fall, but pauses can happen when your opponent has COVID issues, when your county steps in, or when your team has COVID cases. And Baylor had that. And so I think you saw that when they were coming out of their pause, that it took them a little while to get back to something resembling full strength, just like conditioning-wise um, and health-wise. And it, it takes a little... So how do we feel about where Baylor is compared to where they were in, like, January? Yeah, Uh had their mojo in January, don't have their mojo at this particular point. Now, if they can get uninterrupted time together and practice together and competition together, certainly that can turn in a hurry. Uh, But that is something that truly does scare me. When you look at them and you say, you know, that team was so spectacular in, in, in the winter that now as we get closer to spring, uh, they're they're just not there. Can they can they recapture that? Well, you'd like to think so, but it's hard. It's hard, especially those guys that were truly sick. You know, the, this virus has held on, and some guys just are still dealing with that, and and that's hard. That's a big question mark to me, and that's why I think this region might be a little more wide open. In fact, I'm not going chalk on this region. Okay, so I I'm gonna say we'll start here. I I kind of think that the eight nine game is sneaky really good. North Carolina, Wisconsin. I am excited for that. I, I'm looking at your face. I feel like you're not with me on this. No, yeah, I, I just don't agree. So okay, I mean, okay, lines can disagree. Um, I, I just don't feel like you know two of Wisconsin's best players uh, that are seniors, Nate Reavers and Brad Davidson, have not had the seasons. Last yeah. year at the end of the year, collectively as a team, that shot for, that team shot 45 percent from three, winning eight in a row at the end, and I think. And early this year, they actually were shooting really well. Now they've really plummeted. And and I guess when I look at Carolina, I just think of like Worthy, Jordan, you know, and if they don't have those guys, you yeah. know, or the guys winning a national championship, I'm like, ah, they're okay. 
Well, well, I think that's why it's an interesting game because I think they're kind of at the same level, <laughs> which is which is why it's an eight nine game. So exactly. Uh, <laughs> so he, this much difference. This much difference. So um, a lot of people are going to pick Winthrop to beat Villanova, which gets to the point where, like, obviously there's always almost always a twelve five upset at least one, but sometimes there's also ones that everyone talks about, and then the team that is like Villanova, the higher seed in this case. Like Jay could totally use this and get them, and then they could blow them off the court. Um, people are making this pick because of Colin Gillespie's injury and just kind of not knowing exactly what Villanova is like without him. Do we buy this five twelve upset? So I've not seen Winthrop play, so so I have a caveat. I've only seen their highlights, and I've not just studied them. I've had a couple other things going on, unfortunately, to prepare for this podcast. So I apologize for that. But Pat Kelsey and Winthrop traditionally, you know, uh, they've owned the Big South, so to speak. They've really done a great job in that league. Greg Marshall did it when he was the coach and, and it's it's continued. I, I think that's a likely pick only because, I, you know, of the amount of uh, devastation with Gillespie going out and then some other injuries with Villanova, too. I think it's more about what Villanova isn't and what Winthrop is. And so that's why I think sometimes that's a sexy one. I also think the North Texas Purdue game is going to be very good. And I think, so my most entertaining part, let's talk about me for a second, Nick. We, of, of course, whenever, whenever you want to just talk about yourself. Keep talking about something you asked me about and then interject myself into that. Yes, so, because my, I know it's very important to you to be able to talk about yourself. So please, my, at any time. My little four-team quadrant is the Colgate, Arkansas, Utah State, Texas Tech little grouping down there that I think are going to be the best games. I think that's going to be more exciting and more interesting than the Wisconsin, North Carolina. Eight, okay, okay. Uh, that's, there's enough slander on that game. I was just trying to get excited about an 8-9 game. Here we go. But no, I... Let's talk I about the Hartford Hawks beating Baylor. John okay. Gallagher. Okay. Another another 16-1 upset out of America East. I see I see where we're going. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about the, two, the little pairing that you want to talk about. Um, oh, we're going to diminish it with the little a little pairing. Yes, the little pairing. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the brackets. The, the, little, the little claw that feeds into... It feeds into it one team. I call it a little... Quadrant. Yeah. Okay, well, it feeds into... it. One of those teams will make the Sweet 16 and yes. have a chance to make the Elite Eight. I'm trying to do the math correctly. Why are graphs hard? Why are brackets confusing? Okay, so Utah State, we were talking about this earlier. They got a nice seed line. They were on the bubble. They could have been a first four team. Um, Texas Tech, we've learned quite a bit about them with Chris Beard there and, and what they build, their identities. Mac McClung, um, are you, what are we looking at? Your dog? dog Sammy. Okay, Sammy. Sammy's checking in um, as we're recording the podcast. Red's here too. So it's really like a four, I was going to say four person, but like a four being podcast right now. Yep. Um, Okay. So Arkansas Colgate, why is that good and be good? Just because uh, Colgate played three teams all year. They just kept playing the same teams all all year. And now they finally get to play somebody outside of their league. I just think that's hilarious. That (laughs) if you look at, if you just go to their, their schedule results, it's like, you know, they played like four games against Loyola, Maryland or somebody. I don't know. I mean, it's just like they play, they, they've got um, how many wins? They've got 14 wins and literally played three different teams all year. And so I just love that. Arkansas, Eric Musselman, David Patrick, uh, uh, Clay Moser, uh, you know, great coaching staff, 
they're going to be exciting to watch. As Justin Smith has gone, they've gone. They've really been impressive. Indiana transfer, I pay a close attention. My Craig Smith, who's with me for 11 years at four different jobs, I'm always pulling for him. I think he got a bad draw. I think Texas Tech's a little underseeded. I, mm-hmm. I, I thought they're better in Colorado, and Colorado's a five seed. I, I didn't see that. Colorado seems to have gotten significantly overseeded. Like That's even a compared five twelve upstate now, where they're just trying to engineer it to me. Yes, that in that game that they've got Georgetown as their twelve. So yeah, they've got I'm the team that wasn't one. supposed to be in the field and is one of the hottest teams in the country because of that. Sure. Two of those. You got to give Wayne Tinkle a guy. Here's a guy who's on the hot seat, you know, and people are bickering this, that, and the other thing. He does stuff that Ralph Miller didn't do. Gary Payton couldn't do. I mean, he's wearing a net, walking into the hotel uh, with just a mob of people, a COVID spreader event, uh, and he's walking in there at camp. Uh, and I mean, I was so happy to see that. Wayne Tinkle is the greatest dude if you've ever met him. And yes, I have. Great. And, you know, when he won earlier, it was, well, you had your son and it's because the son was so good. Well, is it okay to coach your son? I guess it, it's okay for everybody else, but not for him. And then something that significant at, in Oregon State history, good for him. He deserves a huge fat extension, you know, of his contract and make it bulletproof. So as we get to that, those are two bid stealers. When you're Louisville and you're Colorado State and you're St. Louis and those guys, those are the teams that killed it, Georgetown and uh, Oregon State. Yeah, and and they both get 12s. Um, and so, you know, again, everyone's talking about Winthrop Villanova, but there's going to be some other 12-5 upset. You got to ride the hot color, man. It's like being in Vegas. You got to ride the red or the crafts number. You got to, you know, so ride the hot hand. Ride the hot yeah. hand. Make them 12s. Absolutely. So uh, let's let's finish up with the South region. So Ohio State's the two in this region. Um we were talking about this earlier with my producer, John Hayes. That's my pick. That's my pick. How about you, you? What's John think? Is he with me on Ohio State coming out of that region? No, he was just excited about Oral Roberts shooting a lot of threes, I think. <laughs> Oral Roberts got a nice club. And they played good down at the end. But I tell you, I, Chris Holman does such a good job. I, I expect Ohio State to be ready. Hopefully, uh, oh, uh, Young, Young, who, who's, who got hurt? Who got the concussion? Kyle Young got a concussion. He's been out. He might not be back. That worries me a little bit, but not so much against Oral Roberts. So I also really like Ohio State and Chris Holtman. Um, I am allowed to say that. I am not like nothing. The computer doesn't crash when I say that as a Michigan grad. Um, I think that this is a team that Chris Holtman really likes to coach, and you can tell that. I think you can see that with the chemistry. I think, though, they have – in two different portions of the year. Cause I think coming out of like what they did in the big 10 tournament, they played at a really high level. And then, you know, heading into when they played Michigan a few weeks ago and that thriller, like I do think they're playing a little bit above their, probably their talent level. Like I, I think that other teams probably have more pros than them and have more overall talent, but they're one of those, like a great college team. And those are the teams that sometimes go on these runs. And so I'm with you. I think that it's, it's definitely possible that they could come out of this because they've had these two, two stretches now in the last month where they've been really hot. They also had a small losing streak, but like when they're really hot, they're as good as Michigan. Like they're right there as good as Michigan and Illinois. They're right, almost right there. Yeah. And, and let me just tell you in the big 10, because I know from personal experience, you can go on a small losing streak. You can go on a big losing streak. <laughs> it's a tough league. It can happen. 
Yeah, I was talking to Steve Peichel. Uh, shout out to Rutgers making the first NCAA yeah, tournament. Yeah, congratulations. Coach Peichel is one of the best dudes. Man, he, he is. And I, he was saying that like the first time he met Tom Izzo uh, like in the league, he was saying to him, he's like, you know what? If you ever need anything from me, I've got a lot of experience with losing. Like, Not that you do it that much, but like I can help you with losing streaks <laughs> if you need it. I did text Coach Izzo this year. Keep your head up, buddy. <laughs> Which I thought I'd never do. I was like, oh, this feels odd. But, you know, he deserves an attaboy. Hang in there kind of thing. Yeah. Well, so, he'll get to experience the first four like so many of us have over, over the years. It's uh, it's actually – I think it's going to be kind of fun on Thursday. But That'll be great. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I, I agree. I think, I think these Big Ten teams this year, you know, obviously it's like kind of – we're still going to see like historically where this league will match up to with all the – great individual seasons in a league. But I think there's a reason you've got two one seeds, two twos. You've got some like real title contenders out yeah. of this league and they were tested every single game because they basically only played conference games. And, and and so I've been closely watching the league for at least nine years where I'm either doing either coaching in the league or, or doing TV or some kind of a, you know, media presence for it. And this is the first time that I thought, okay, there were times I thought I can see, this team getting to, you know, the final four, I, I, it could happen. And now I expect a couple to, like, I expect two teams to get to the final four. I really do. I, I think that now Michigan worries me without Isaiah livers. So I start yeah. that way. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm backing that off with them, but I, I can see an Illinois team where I expect that they will be in the final four, you know, now they could get beat in the sweet, you know, they could beat anywhere along the line because you're in a one and done situation. But if, even if they're in a best of three situation, you know, got to beat two out of three, um, I would think that Illinois would end up in the final four. I think they're that good. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you, you're probably going to see people put at least two Big Ten teams. I think you're going to see it. It potentially it sounds like the way that your bracket looks, Ohio State and Illinois. Yep, yep. Um, people are a little, you know, worried about Michigan. We'll get to them in a second. But let let's go to Illinois bracket. So they're technically the Midwest. Honestly, this is a really brutal draw. Like, this is – you've got Loyola Chicago, the eight. Number nine is Georgia Tech, just won the ACC tournament, so they're a little hot. Oregon State, as we just mentioned, is is the 12 in this region. You've got Cade Cunningham and Oklahoma State as the four, which is low. They should have been like a two or a three, I think, based on their resume. And then a tough um, as nail team, Tennessee. Yeah, and then you got Houston, and and they're the two. I mean, this is a brutal draw for the number three overall seed. Yeah, I mean, like Gonzaga's over there, like with umbrellas in their drink, enjoying the sun. And and you look at Illinois, and they are street fighting. It's completely different. It's like, you know, uh, yeah, that is a difficult, right? I mean, you didn't even mention San Diego State, uh, Rutgers, Clemson, uh, you know, Cade Cunningham, I'm so excited for Oregon, or I'm sorry, uh, Ohio, uh, Oklahoma. The other, the other yes, OSU, yes, the yes. third one. <laughs> to get, uh, yeah, exactly. I just named them all. <laughs> so um, uh, to be able to play in this event, he is. I, I've watched him closely. To just hand the ball to a guy and say, "Take over the possession, take over the game." Huge luxury. Can see them making a run. How far? You know, win one, win two. All of that's extremely possible. That will be my favorite bracket. The Midwest is stacked. Yeah, me too. And also, 
shout out to the NCAA for not doing anything on this, like for just yeah. letting the clock yeah. run out Finally and let us do anything. <laughs> I know, and, and, they, and they let us have Cade Cunningham yeah. in the NCAA they, tournament. They don't do anything on LSU and everybody else, but that's fine, whatever. <laughs> but on this one, we're like, oh, good. I'm glad you did. Yeah, yeah. This is the one. This is the one. We're happy about it. But Finally got it right, enforcement committee or infraction. Yes, or the appeal group, whoever yeah. whoever listens to the they appeal. Know who I, they do, are. I do. I do like that something like Cade Cunningham honoring his commitment and going and playing not knowing that this was going to happen is actually rewarded. Like that is a really positive thing. And I think it would have been a shame to not have him in the tournament. So this is going to be super fun, but I'm with you. And I still think Illinois comes out of it. I, I agree. Could it be a great, great, great bracket. Um, also side note, Io DeSumo with the mask Isn't feels like, cool? feels like a superhero thing. Like yeah. he looks like a superhero. And it feels also great that there's like a masked hero in the COVID tournament, you know, like feels everything is like aligning. Yeah. And, and and that is, so my daughter just made me watch all 21 Marvel movies. I am doing that right now. Just so we can watch WandaVision. (laughs) So we can understand WandaVision. So I did the opposite. I watched WandaVision without really watching most of the Marvel movies. Well, I'm I'm doing that now, but WandaVision is great regardless. Yeah, it's good, but, but it's way better. (laughs) And but it also helps for my daughter to say, see that lady? She was in this movie. Oh, yeah, she looks familiar. Yeah, I get it. So if you need some help coaching up, Ava Grace Miles can handle you. The other thing is my sister, Karen uh, Weiss, Karen Miles Weiss, says that WandaVision is a standalone. And she's wrong. She, Yeah, I think you, you need some of the backstory. Wrong. But, but I do wrong. think... Well, no, I, I'm not going to like agree with you at like bashing your sister or whatever right now. But... I do feel like there could be a character that, or or like Io could have like a cameo in something in the future, Don't just based think? on if they go on a run here, he becomes yeah. even more famous. Why not? I mean, he's this close to having a cape. Oh, that would be. Could you imagine for like intros, warm ups, just jog yeah. out there, just flutters in the wind, straight back. I mean, let's do it. Have you told him this? You no, need to I just tell him. To do- just came to me. Okay, you got to tell him to do that. No, he. <laughs> He's been phenomenal. He is oh, awesome. That's, Chin is the guy that helped recruit him. He's the assistant there. He was. He, I brought him into the business. He was the Mac Urban Fire AU coach, and he came to work for me at Colorado State, then Nebraska for a cup of coffee, and now he's with Illinois doing a great thing. So I'll tell Chin to get a cape for him. Good, good. I think that's really important. Um, they're one of the hottest teams in the country, one of the most enjoyable teams, except for when they were complaining about not getting the regular season championship. No, no, and then they no go- that was legitimate. The, the that problem, was legitimate? Why? Well, be, first of all, that uh, you could make a case that Michigan paused a little longer than they needed to when they weren't quite ready. You could make a case for that is all I say. Okay. 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 So now Josh Whitman did vote and then change his mind. Well, then he voted again for uh, them to count percentage as the league champion. But to be the league champion and be a half be- game behind in the standings, makes no sense to me. And that's what truly happened. Illinois was ahead of Michigan by a half game in the standings and they cut down the nets and had the trophy. I don't understand that, but I do know that they voted it that way and didn't change their mind until it was too late. So it's, it's too bad because, you know, maybe Michigan just said, Oh, we're not quite ready. So let's not play this team on the road. Maybe. I will I will I will say that it feels like the Big 10 is unique in that like everyone 
focuses and fixates on the regular season title. It does matter. But but it does matter more than I think other conferences. And then there's always someone who gets mad about that and then goes on a run in the tournament, like there the Big go. Ten tournament. That oh. usually happens. Like it's usually something personal. And then we focus on it for like five minutes and then it's a selection show and we forget about it. But that's usually the, the annual the way the Big East teams that make a run in the Big East tournament then do well in the NCAA like UConn and yes. Georgetown. Yes. That's actually, honestly, you know, you're talking about bid thieves and these teams that kind of come out of nowhere. We don't usually get that many of them in the power conferences, um, but they're great stories when they happen, especially Georgetown, especially Patrick Ewing doing this for the first time as a coach. Um, I think they're going to be really fun. And like, I think that's actually weirdly a great story that yeah, Georgetown's in the tournament again. You know, his story this week was fascinating because I know we're moving, we're segueing to these regional now and his, his, um, you know, to get, you know, like harassed by the security guard for not having. Right. And not recognized. <laughs> and then the next day they, they, they win the semifinal game to go to the final and they have him on and he does the whoop, you know, the woo kind of thing. You see a whole bunch of personality out of him and then to win it and be so emotional the way they want it. And, and big John and, and the whole thing with John Thompson uh, was just a, one of the cool, just a great story that I think really lifted everybody's spirits and, and good for them. Cause people have been on his case too. We talk about Wayne Tinkle. People were on Patrick. Why were you on Patrick Ewing's fate? Like that, this guy is a, like, he is the man. Don't mess with Patrick. So before we get into that region, because we're going to talk about Michigan, it's sort of similar in this. Do you sort of feel like some of it was, you know, these guys are coming from the NBA. Could they really, can they really do this at their alma maters? Like, it's almost a little bit like Juwan Howard. There was a little bit of that, too, from people in college hoops when he takes over. When in reality, like, no one ever said a bad thing about him when he was at the Heat. Like, players loved working with him. Everyone thought he was great. But it's like, oh, is this actually going to work in, in Well, some guys have flamed out. You know, some guys right. just haven't. But Patrick works. I tell you what, when, when I was in the business and I mean, I remember being in the mountains of Virginia one time watching Flo Thamba, right. Who is at Baylor and Patrick was at the game, you know, and, and that's not an easy place to get to now. You don't just, you know, I mean, where they were. And so like, he's, he, I mean, he travels like some guys, you know, I think the, the idea is like, well, they don't understand everything that goes into it. Those mm. crazy weekday travel games where you got to travel to go play somebody, get home, have practice, and then go on the road recruiting and come home, you know, and do the whole thing. And um, and they've had such a, a luxury lifestyle. Do, do you guys want to do that? And Patrick Ewing wants to do it. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, so let's talk about Juwan Howard, um, who... You mean Michigan. My Yes, Michigan. Your alma mater, say it. My alma mater. Um, again, I'm with you. We can talk about Isaiah Livers, his impact. Um, again, with, with kind of similar to like Colin Gillespie, it's really hard when there's an injury to someone that late in the game because you're not sure how the team is exactly going to respond or how they're going to shift even what they do when someone is out that late. Um, but Michigan has a lot of different guys who've won them games throughout the season. Yeah. And well, Mike, Smith, Hunter, Mike, Smith. Mike, Mike Smith, Mike Smith and, and Shadri Brown are like the example. Like when you talk about transferring and how great it could possibly work out, like that's exactly what you're yeah. aiming for. Um, and so it's remarkable. I mean, there's the way that this team pieced together and came together this year. Hunter Dickinson has been super fun to watch. He is going to be a pain for a lot of Big oh, Ten teams for the next few years. Um, but I mean, that the liver's thing is important and it, it is going to be a factor. I mean, how much does that change how we feel about Michigan heading into the big dance? A great deal. Uh, just a great deal because uh, one, you worry about foot injuries and his future with foot injuries. I mean, you just, I mean, immediately my mind goes to Bill Walton, Sam Bowie and that, and, and, and guys I've had, you just worry about foot. Injuries. You don't want that because you, you know, you're on them all the time. You go, it's, it's just, it's worrisome. So they have to be extra cautious. Um, so, so I guess I'm thinking that, you know, they're not going to handle, you know, that's, that's in my mind, certainly for the first weekend or the first two games and, and even getting out of those first two games that LSU St. Bonaventure, um, you know, quadrant, uh, is, uh, is, is going to be a challenge without him. Uh, but they've had a lot of guys show up. What, what people don't understand. And I, and I was in one of those locker room apps after the, um, uh, Illinois dismantled Minnesota, actually. And, and a lot of Illinois fans want, wanted to know what I thought of Michigan. And what I said, what you don't understand unless you're sometimes right there in person is how long and physical and athletic these guys are. You just, when you watch it on some of the, the, the shots that are a little higher or whatever, you can't really, and Michigan's got one of those home angles that's a little bit too high for my taste. But when you're there and you see Franz Wagner, you know, and how long he is and the things he can do um, affecting a passing lane or a shot or whatever it might be and how physical some of those guys. I remember when when I was there, it was Bragdacious and, and Mo Wagner, right? And they were so physical, like you drive and they just hit you with their chest and not move and you would move, you know. And, and Michigan is one of those teams. Their strength, conditioning, length, all of those things that go with them make them very good. And even though they don't have livers, they're going to win. But I don't know that they make it to the Final Four without livers. I think it's Alabama. I'm also, right now, again, I reserve the right to change this. I also would like Michigan uh, alumni not to get mad at me because they always – they get mad if I I have them lose too early – 
because I should have more faith in them. Or if I have them go too far, then I'm a homer. So it's like very hard. Um, but Alabama's really hot, and like they've clearly got something here with with Nate Oates. They've locked they him up a for a long time. Different ways they they can win in a racehorse way, but they can also grind you out because they will defend. And Nate Oates has done an excellent job. How about his little get out of here yesterday? Yeah, there. I mean, you're telling me there's bad blood with Will Wade in the SEC. I, I tell you that it goes <laughs> deeper than we know. I think you know. <laughs> I, um, know but I but. You know what? I think fans love that stuff, though, right? So they already oh, yeah. love NATO. I, They're already all in on this team. And then you see something like that, you're sold for life. Yeah. And it's the husbands and wives and the, that are fans that are there. They're, I mean, it's everybody. And, uh, the, 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 yeah, so I, I really feel strongly. First of all, Michigan, let's just say they get through. LSU is a tough, tough team. That's going to be a tough quadrant to come out. we got the upset special with we both picked Georgetown over Georgetown. Colorado. Uh Leonard Hamilton has done a terrific job. He's got a young team. They're going to need to catch fire, but that Greensboro matchup's good. Uh, then you got Michigan State, UCLA coming in there. Texas, uh, just uh, champion playing Abilene Christian. I love that little brother against big brother. And yep. then um, Mary, Maryland, UConn will be a very spirited game again. And then Alabama. But I got Alabama coming through that bottom bracket all the way to the Final Four. Yeah, oh, I think Alabama – yeah. I don't think he's – Definitely not 100%, but he probably wasn't 100% before. You know, these are these are things that come on over a long period of time. It's not just something that happened like a sprained ankle. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I'm with you too. Um, have been proven wrong before about my alma mater, so we'll see. I think also there's, you know, you could potentially see Florida State being a challenge. That's who Michigan faces. You talk about length. You talk about athleticism. Like that is that is Florida State and their identity. They're the, they've been the best team in the ACC. They're the highest seeded team. It's not a normal ACC team where we're talking about like one seed. Very yeah. I think a lot more mediocre than we're used to seeing. But I still think like you know this is a, a Leonard Hamilton team. They are built the way that they always are. Thank goodness um, you got that contract extension. I was worried. Yeah, I mean, he's he's probably going to be, you know, like 35 at the end of it. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've never seen a guy. I don't know how old he is. I know he's older than everybody. 72. Yeah, and and that's just the median age for that league. But, I mean, <laughs> he looks like he's 39. Yeah, does not age. Um, and, you know, he won't, he won't share any of his secrets about that. So, okay, so your final four, if I'm remembering correctly, based on the way you've described teams, Gonzaga won. Um, Ohio State, two, Illinois, three, Alabama, four. And yours? I like it. Yours? So mine right now is the same as yours, <laughs> except I've got Baylor, not Ohio State. But I was tempted. I thought about it. So very chalky overall. I mean, again, chalky. I think I think the ones and the twos are just really good. Like, I just buy into. It feels like it's feet. the ones and twos and everybody else, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean. And. And it still feels like it's kind of Gonzaga and everybody else. And Baylor just, was there, but coming out yeah. of COVID, they haven't been the same. So it's hard to, until they, you know, after the first weekend, we might be saying Baylor's right there again, but you got to prove it. You got to go play great. That's what's, you know, the great part about college basketball in a one and done situation is in the NBA, great franchises win, you know, just the way they do everything. But in college, a good team playing great can go so far. And we've seen it so many times. Oh, well, we've seen team. not the best team in the country win this thing. It's, it's not always the best team that gets hot at the end. And that, that's what gives us those sh- 
shining moments. That's what gives us those, those, you know, and that, that's why it's such a big event. And I, and I hope it never changes. So let's just recap because we've, we've kind of sprinkled this in throughout, but there's definitely some double digit seeds that we trust or teams kind of below the five seed line that we trust a little bit more. Um, so basically we've talked about all the five twelve games and we there's did. reasons potentially to take the 12 in, in almost all of them. If you want, if you're looking for upsets, what else jumps out at you as, I mean, Syracuse, I'm with you on San Diego state, but Syracuse is a team that is challenging in the tournament because of the zone sometimes a short turnaround, um, just trying to look at some double-digit seeds that could so hang around. Hadn't it been like three out of four years or four to five years that somebody in the first four made it all the way to the Sweet 16? That does happen too, yes. Yeah, and, and so when I look at that, I look at Drake, but they don't have their best player. He's hurt, right? Uh, so I look at Wichita. Love that story. Love that story. Yeah. Um, and, and then we've got, what about what about the the um, the the scrappy Michigan State and uh, UCLA winner? Fighting Dane Feist versus the Fighting Michael Lewis's, and yes. um, I, I think if anybody comes out of those 11s, though, I, you know, again, UCLA is without their best player. Uh, we know this, and Michigan State doesn't have the point guard situation handled. Yeah, it's too you know there. I I think Wichita State is the 11 that that gets the furthest. Okay. Um, and I agree on that. And then Michigan state thinking BYU with Matt Harms, by the way, can we just talk about how he cut his hair? Like it's not, it's not really short, but he can't do the full flip anymore. No, and he, I, I went against him when he had the flip going. In fact, I rewound that flip many times for our players and, uh, <laughs> and nobody liked it because we're on the receiving end of it. If you know what I mean? It wasn't going so well. I had them, I had them in the tournament for like, two or three straight years. So like every, you know, every post game locker room and like the media availability the flip and the hair, you know, he put the hand through it. Like he just couldn't stop doing it. Um, But yeah, so he is, he's now on BYU. Um, They're still very interesting. Actually see, I mean, the, the, the WCC final was great game. Um, 14 point lead, right? Yeah. And you know, I, so I think, you know, in a setting where you're not up against Gonzaga, I think that's a team that could get on a little bit of a roll. Um, so as well, Texas or Abilene Christian in the second round. You mean Abilene Christian, of course. Okay. When, <laughs> uh, when they, I mean, you know, that's another thing too, because there was again a three three year straight run where I was the site I was at had a fourteen over three upset. That's also a number that sometimes happens. Um, so mm-hmm. it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. But I think um, what else what else you got for? Double digit. You said Santa Barbara. That's one. Yeah, I just wonder about Santa Barbara Creighton. And just because of the late season um, conflicts or whatever you want to call it with with, with, uh, Creighton, you know. What about about Ohio over Virginia? Yeah, I don't see it. I mean, although I agree with you on Virginia, like they're going to have one practice to get ready for Ohio, you know. And Ohio just, you know, was a, what, four or five seed in the MAC and, and MAC nation it all the way to the top. And so I just, that could be another one. There's just, there's, again, after the one and two lines, after those top eight teams, it's a crapshoot, man. I tell you, uh, I, I, there's going to be a lot of busted brackets. This could be the year that nobody gets a correct bracket. National champion, as of now, you can change it later in the week. Zags. You might not. Zags. Who you got? Zags. Zorro, the big Z. Yeah, me too. I, I just I, I don't think we need to overthink it this year. Best team in college basketball, best team Mark Fuse had. And I think there's a lot of coaches who want him to win a championship. Question. So does yes. Mark View, let's just say he gets beat in the Sweet 16, 
and now he's been in one Final Four. Is he a guy that says, I need to take the Indiana, the Duke, mm. Carolina job to make this happen? So that's an interesting question because I always have felt, and him never leaving to this point has confirmed this, that he actually understood the whole work-life balance thing better than any other coach that I've ever seen. And he's got it. Yeah, he goes fly fishing. He's outdoors all the time. Like, he doesn't. And he knows he's got a good thing. But, yeah, I mean, is it like, okay, it's just the way that we structure the schedule. You just can't do it. You you know, we can't turn it on at the end of the year. He's gotten to the championship game. Like, I mean, I think... When he, when he was that whole, he's the best coach to never make a Final Four backhanded compliment. Like, you could say that. But now that they've gotten to that point, I, I don't know. Like, do we hold it against John Beeline that he played in two national championship games but didn't win them? Like, well, was there something about not playing in they Michigan? Got, they got jacked because there was a goaltend, Louisville goaltends, uh, that layup on whoever it was. And that title also got vacated as well. I forgot so. There, was, there were two things there. Um, yeah, those two things. Other than that. But, like, do you, do you see him thinking no. that way, Mark Field? Yeah. I, I don't, personally, for exactly what you said. is One is, like, that is who he is. Gonzaga is who he is. And, yeah. and it fits him so well. Uh, I can see teams making a run at him, of course. Oregon already has. But I can see national teams really making a run at him. Um, I, I just think it's it's uh, as a media person, which is what I am here today, not a coach. Uh, I think it's a fabulous conversation. All right. So before we let you go, we have to do a tradition here on Power Hour. We always end with a last call. And for our listeners, it can go in two different directions. It can either be something you're giddy about, you're, you want to celebrate, you want to do a cheers to, or it can be something you're mad about and you want to vent about and you want to yell about. Um, last week, I ranted about Zoom meetings, that we should go back to some conference calls. I don't need to see everybody all the time. Um, but if you have one, I will let you go first. Do you have something? Yes, you have. I, you, your hand is up. You're ready to virtually cheers. Go ahead. Oh, here. I'm cheersing. March Madness and the NCAA tournament. We've missed you. I mean, we had a year without you. COVID stopped the world and it's back and I'm happier than ever. So cheers. I'm going to give my last call. I'm, I'm going to cheers to what I started out with, that we got some mid-majors in off the bubble. And that doesn't always happen. I've been railing against it with football and the fact that the Cincinnati's of the world and the Coastal Carolinas get no fair shot. And usually in basketball, they don't either. Usually Drake doesn't get in and they get screwed because of something totally out of their control with their schedule and their league. And so shout out to the committee for doing that and also for allowing me to put my tinfoil hat on about the Kentucky AD and the Louisville not being in. Um, Shout out to them for putting Kelvin Sampson playing in Assembly (laughs) Hall. Whoever made that happen, chef's kiss, amazing. So... Honestly, basically just cheers to the selection committee. I thought, you know, we've got some things that I have gripes about, but they gave us mid-majors. They gave us some incredible storylines. And and like you said, we have a selection committee. We have a bracket. We're going to have March Madness. Um, So really excited about all of that. Hopefully there was some help here for anyone filling out a bracket. Um, And, uh, you know, I I think we're all going to enjoy sitting on our couches watching some hoops this week. Tim, thank you so much for stopping by, for for regaling us with some stories um, and for the virtual cheers at the end. Thank you for having me on the Power Hour. Tell Red I said hi. And uh, I can't wait 
I can't wait to watch. Oh, look at him. What a yep. guy. Yep, Red has made a debut. He's staring in the Zoom. He's a cutie. And Sammy's knocked out. So um, <laughs> if guys want to, if you want to follow Sammy Miles, uh, Tim Miles' dog on uh, Twitter, she's got her own account. Uh, very good stuff. Very, very loyal. But Nick, thanks for having me on. This was awesome. Uh, John, thanks for uh, making us sound good too. We appreciate you. Awesome. That was Tim Miles, most recently a former Nebraska coach um, and current media member, which he, you know, he's always loved the media. So this is, um, you know, fulfilling a lifelong dream, mm. I'm sure. Yep. Um, and Power Hour will be back next Tuesday. Again, we're kind of a college hoops podcast for the next few weeks. Um, so we will keep you abreast of all the developments in the NCAA tournament. Everyone enjoy the madness and I will see you next week. Thank you.